0: Was it? Wait, who called Darwin Nunez a panic buy? Who did that? Oh, me, 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 oh. me, me, me. All right. <laughs> it is a panic buy. Hold on. I have to find his correct numbers. Give me the numbers because I stand by it. See,
1: this is, you, this is how you stand in the bad take, guys. Come on, guys. Not Let's even
2: see. that. This is how you begin the Football Misfits Podcast. I'm Ronnie. I'm back. Joining me is LV and Spencer. <laughs> We're talking about Darwin Nunez. Um, go ahead, Spencer. What, what are the numbers? I
0: think it was, what, 13 oh, wow. games and what was it? Who's I looking for? Oh, 13 games and six goals. That's a panic buy.
1: Is that all competition?
0: All competitions.
1: Because in 13 games, Richarlison has four goals. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Is that good? Are we talking about good right now? Oh, come on, brother.
0: Well, we yeah, doing? he scored more goals than him in less games.
1: But look, what I'm saying is Richarlison, but it, with with your math. Right? And
0: Big Richie starts all the time.
1: With, with your math. Mr. With, Nunez with, uh, with, your uh, math, oh, with your
2: math. With your Hashtag Math.
1: Spencer Nunez, is, how much was he, how much he cost again? A little penny, but what was a little penny? How much are we talking about? Like how much? Let's go, 120, 110 No, hundred uh, you let's mean let's, US? Let's do one hundred. Let's
2: do one hundred. You mean US? It was seventy-five million. You mean USD? Pounds? With a further twenty-five million in potential add-ons. Yes, pound. So no so euro, so, euro.
1: So so basically hundred. So we'll say so seventy-five million euro with twenty-five million euro add-ons. We'll call it a hundred, right? Richarlison was about 62 million pounds. So if we're going, you know, based on ratio, 13 games, four goals, 13 games, six goals. One Richarlison goals counts for like 1.75 and Darwin Nunes goes about the same. And we're saying Richarlison is having a bad year. So how can Nunes be having a good season is my question.
0: He also has five assists. So in terms of goal contributions,
2: has three, has three assists. Hold on. Boy, By the goes, way, this is episode one fifty six. He has six and
0: five. Get out of here.
1: Six and five. Six goals, five. No, that's sure valid. But what I'm saying is, one of the Richardson starts. One of them costs two hundred million uh, euros. The other one in six
0: hundred and forty five minutes. How many minutes has Richardson played? What? And how many minutes has Richardson played?
1: Uh, a lot of minutes.
0: Darwin Nunez has done this in 645 minutes.
1: Yes, but what I'm saying is, y'all paid, y'all paid uh, Porsche, what did you say earlier? Porsche 911, Camara.
0: No, I don't, are, are those cars? <laughs> Nine 911
1: Porsche Camaro money for the guy.
0: What is that? Are those cars? Can he
1: be giving you six and five?
0: Are those cars?
1: <laughs> we'll get what into the championship in a moment, but um... that's all I'm saying. Y'all, y'all paid money for, look, look what Jaguar is doing, bro. Come on now. That was a hundred million euro, man. Look what Declan Rice is doing. Wait, look what- Wait, No, what? no, okay, no, okay. What? Now, may I please interject, man? Please interject. How long
0: has Jack Grealish been at City?
1: Fair, it's a year longer, that's fair. But what I'm saying- May is- please
2: interject, man? please go, interject?
1: Go ahead, Ronnie, because I got a good one. I'm about to, I'm about to crack his muffin. <laughs> I'm about to crack his
2: muffin. <laughs> one, P. Paul Spencer was about to come at me for something you said. I just want to put that out there. Two, I like, I like um, that. I like that. you mentioned that's Jack that. Grealish. Both Jack Grealish and Darwin Nunez were, let's be honest, miserable in their first season at their clubs. Fair. And the term panic buy, they got him off of Sadio Mane going to Bayern. But I wouldn't consider it a panic buy because it was still relatively early in the window. Now, Cody Gakpo is a panic buy because they saw how Darwin Nunez was you know, not performance standard, but I wouldn't necessarily classify that as a panic buy. Did the buy, did them buy Nunez work out in the start? No. Are they reaping benefits of it now? Sure. Fair. But I wouldn't call it a panic buy, because that means every summer transfer that doesn't really pan out right away is a panic buy. Fair. My
1: thing is... Right.
0: Wait, LV, how many goals does Richarlison have?
1: Richarlison had three in the league, and he's got one in Europe. That's how sure? many goals has Darwin Nunez had overturned because he took off his shirt? Sure.
0: You
1: no, know, Richarl- Richarlison. Over. If Richarlison never got his goals taken out, he'd have twelve goals. Yeah, he, he's had three <laughs> three goals in the league, right? He one No, he's got three assists in the league. I'm sorry, three assists in the league,
0: and he's one goal.
1: One goal in the league, right? If and, you don't, if you. school. 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 You you can have that point. You that, that That's a muffin. Uh, you burnt my muffin. That's fair. Um. Uh, so what I want to say is, we talk about the reason why I want to call it uh, a panic buy is. Because they rep- they, used, they bought him for all that money, however much it was, to replace, like you said, Asadio Mane, who was the engine of the team, the heartbeat of the team. He made Mo Salah tick. He had Bobby Firmino doing what he's doing, whatever the case may be. And they're like, we have to replace this guy. I don't care how much it – we have to replace this guy. They, they saw him playing against them in the Champions League, and Klopp was a big fan. They splashed the cash. They thought they were going to get Asadio Mane, and they got how many goals in assists he's got in his second year?
0: It's five assists, six goals, and 13 appearances.
1: Okay, so not not quite Sadio Mane's left leg, if you will. Uh, in his second season, by the way, guys, a man who was supposed to replace a Sadio Mane, the stress that was there to get someone in to do something that Sadio Mane was doing that's not doing half of that in his second year in, he's not even starting, by the way. And there was a point where he... Like you said, Ronnie, correctly, he correctly, correctly, like you said, Ronnie, correctly, didn't start coming in, began to start, and then lost his place the second year in.
2: You spent all this money. I don't know. And when it comes to that point, uh, I do want to, you know, toot my own horn. I said he wasn't going to ever start right away, but y'all said, yeah, because of the fee. And y'all didn't believe me. Y'all laughed at me and look at where we ended up. That's besides the point. That's also like saying that if Erling Haaland flopped to start the season at City, he'd be a panic buy. What'd he do? didn't but that's
1: exactly. what you're saying exactly yeah yeah. We're, we're talking about what happened right same with look you spend that kind of figure you want you want someone that's going to have some impact right it's going to do something uh again i bring up Declan rice who's been absolutely who's carrying forward what he's done at west ham and doing the same for arsenal i don't even want to mention jude bellingham's name because what he's doing is ungodly but again you pay that big sticker price and they got to do what they're supposed to do and that's just the day and age that we live nah, in.
0: I think he's overperforming. Like no, everyone that's, knew that's he was why, good, I, but yeah, that's why I said I didn't. No one want to thought he'd unlock the Ronaldo package once he went
1: way, that's, still be a panic that's why I wouldn't want to mention. That's why I wouldn't add Jude Bellingham. But what I'm making is that you splashed. Like obviously, the inflation of the game. Everybody spends money on big players. But when you once, once you hit the 100 mark, you're, you you got to be expected to do, to do something. And just like folks was clowning on Jack Grealish in his first season, that you so correctly mentioned, Ronnie. Right, and you just got to get that same smoke. And Grealish was coming into a team where he ne- that wasn't necessarily needed to replace something. He was just coming in as a piece where you knew it was going to be a time for him to have to get in there and you know fit with the system and gel. Darwin you know, he was th- supposed to replace Sadio Mane.
0: I don't he, think he not- was supposed to replace Sadio Mane. He, he just came in with Sadio Mane. Team, they weren't so like for to like, like players. To
1: score goals. They because ne- they knew they were going to need goals. But Sadio items. Mane
0: isn't a striker, so that's not a like for like. Player.
1: Brother, brother brother whether or not he's a goal scorer what was he doing whether or not he's a striker what was he doing he was scoring goals yes
0: yeah but that's and, not because yeah. you're saying he came what, in as a like he left. wasn't sadio Mane. they were different players they have a different profile
1: i think that if we just look at it from a very simple standpoint uh we're losing a guy who scores x amount of goals per season and which win us this many points per season We're going to bring in a guy who's been prolific in Europe, who cooked us in Europe, that should be able to, in essence, score the goals. And guess what? We're going to put the premium on him because we really believe he's that guy. And he's not doing that? I mean, the thing is, listen, because y'all could have, Liverpool could have waited because you said they bought him early in the window. And in my opinion, it's even more of a panic buy because they bought him early in the window because they might have felt like this talent was going to get swooped up. And you you get caught in getting the prices. They got fleeced by Benfica is what I'm trying to say. Benfica said, hey, we got so-and-so calling. And I'll be surprised if find out if Jorge Mendez is not his agent because Benfica did some fleecing, some Portuguese fleecing, and Liverpool caught the bait, and they took it. And he's a decent striker. He's having a decent output. They just panicked on getting him because they thought he would be something that he's not, not quite. That's where I stand. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk.
2: So... Again, we—I at least I do. I don't know about the Liverpool fan in the pod. I agree that he didn't pan out to what he was. He was supposed to be the next big thing, but he struggled at first. And I mean, now we're starting to see how much how good he really can be. But yeah, he he had his struggles, he had his fuck ups, but he um would be classified as a panic buy. And like I said, I go back to the Gakpo being a panic buy because amen. They needed goal output that Nunez wasn't giving them. Uh, what other signing... That's like, I mean, well, I think Hoyland is a panic buy for Manchester United. Everything is panic for Manchester United. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, that's like saying Hoyland, but that actually is a panic buy. Um, because they're trying to catch up to Man City and shit. But like, who could be a good example like of a correlation? of a different pa- like a panic buy
1: in that same sort of uh not
2: necessarily panic buy, but a buy over the summer that just doesn't pan out that you have expectations of it working out uh
1: um,
2: oh go ahead sorry Sancho, that's actually a good example yeah Sancho's is actually a good example we have high expectations for the kid yeah he didn't really excel but that's like calling him a panic buy right but and then uh, i i've got he's not I'm, a
0: panic by, though. no yeah, yeah i don't I agree be, with yeah. lv but no, fair, oh, fair. I'll and listen,
1: I'll, I'll take your guys' points. I think Sancho's a good point, but I, let's let's go ahead and get deeper into this because I'm enjoying it. Uh, um, Sancho was, what, 60-odd million? A pretty big sum, right? Uh, I don't Now, I don't think he's a panic buy, but we can always just use him for this example. Uh, one I've got no, is, I don't think he was a panic buy either, but using your logic, he would be. No. Someone who is looking like a panic buy is a Moises Caicedo. <laughs> let's look at that. Chelsea, Todd Bowley, spending every cent on earth right to get a player because other teams want him him and liverpool were in a bidding war if you will now chelsea's getting in the situation where they're getting fleeced by brighton where they got to pay the premium to get this player that's supposed to be otherworldly right who's supposed to be the next big thing and is not quite panning out and you get the ridicule for the amount whether or not it's in the player's hands it's really not but for the amount that well, no, it was
2: definitely in poverty if he
1: went to Liverpool. Well, in, in this case, it was definitely Guy said, I have a family to feed. <laughs> Get me <laughs> out of the <my> way, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got a big family. But you know, the point of the fact the point of the matter is uh the sum in which they this play these players come in for the expectations rise and then you have to look at in my opinion why are these teams paying these big bucks for these players right? If it's not like uh, it it doesn't sound like a well thought out process is what I'm saying. It's not very well thought out. And with Chelsea, I think you guys can agree uh, that happens more often than not. Liverpool, you'd say the opposite because they usually are pretty uh, meticulous in their transfer policy. Um, But you pay the big sum early because you feel like you need to fill this position now, right? And because you get hit on the head with that big price, maybe because it's a hot commodity and other teams want them, and yada yada yada, you get you pay all that money and the player comes in and doesn't do. What you needed them to do to replace? Like, let's not front like Liverpool last season. We're not struggling because Saudi money was gone. We've had this conversation time and time again. Liverpool had a really rough go without Saudi money, right? You were supposed to pick up that slack. They needed him to pick up that slack. They paid all that money at the beginning of the transfer window for him to pick up that slack. Klopp was saying? I watched him in Benfica. He destroyed us in the Champions League. Like, what did right. that? Shit? The front office is probably thinking the same thing. We got to get this kid by any means, by any means. And I'm sure other clubs were like, "Yo, I'd love to have this guy.
2: We'll put into." But, but just the saying that you need to have a player by any means necessary again still doesn't classify someone as a panic buy.
1: I I, just, I disagree, but fair, fair.
2: Like okay. in, in, in this context, at least, if like, if it's like January window, you you need somebody for that deadline day and shit. Okay, that's one thing, but not. No, because we saw how good he was. He just didn't pan out. Again, that's, that's like saying every summer signing that doesn't really pan out turns out to be a panic buy. The, regardless of if a, if a team is replacing a, a replacing a piece that that was replaced, that was uh, that, that, whoa. It's like if a- Take your time. take your time. <laughs> Regardless of if the team is filling a void like a sadio Mane of sorts real madrid signed a goalkeeper as the direct replacement to cristiano ronaldo that i feel might be even though courtois could be good that could be a panic buy because you had killer navas and you didn't really need a wait what? <laughs> yes What? Go
0: no that doesn't make sense so you're just saying like that, that purchase just happened around each other. <laughs> like, Courtois is not going to come play Ronaldo's position. It doesn't correlate. What it's do you like, mean? Yeah. It doesn't correlate. That's just like a purchase they made after a sale they made.
1: Right. And they probably had him on the list.
0: Yeah. He became available for a price they liked, so they went for it. It wasn't like he's going to replace Ronaldo. Yeah.
2: And also... Uh, I you get know, that, but y'all should have let me cook on that one. I forgot Spence was on the pod. Yeah, <laughs> Listen,
1: we love this. Um, and not not to... No, but, but
2: still, like, the, the, the point still stands that... That's, that's like saying and Hazard is a panic by for Real Madrid. No, and
1: that, my next point was going to be this. We can talk logic. We can talk about, we can assume and think about what front offices are thinking and yada, yada, yada. There is no rhyme or reason for Fiorentino Perez does at Real Madrid. Literally zero. This is the guy who signed Kaka and Cristiano Ronaldo in the same window. There is none whatsoever. He does what he wants. He looked at David Beckham, I'm sure y'all saw the documentary, and said, you know what? You look like you were born to play for Real Madrid. What kind of transfer policy is that? <laughs> you cannot think of any logic of what Real Madrid does. There's a zero, none, none whatsoever. Because I feel like, So I feel like they're the exception to the rule in that they kind of just do whatever they want. And because they're Real Madrid, maybe they can do whatever they want. Um, but again, with most, most other teams, I think, uh, maybe top goalies Chelsea being another exception because I'm not sure that guy knows what the hell he's doing, to be fair with you. I think he's just like, hey, other teams are saying this guy's good? Let's get him. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah.
2: But Chelsea, even under Abramovich, they will just splash cash at whoever. Yeah. But they. Like, I, you know I, how many players went on loan at Chelsea? Like, you could fill two separate teams of 11s.
1: Yep. Famously, just Mo players on loan. famously, Mo Salah and KDB. I will Point say. Him, I,
2: I lean towards Spencer that he wasn't a panic buy. Yep,
1: yeah, yep. Fair. Uh, the the Richardson Point Spencer cooked my muffin. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was I was throwing numbers out in the air. You, you uh you intercepted that <laughs> flag on the play. Uh, but <laughs> moving moving forward again, as Ronnie mentioned at the top of this uh, heated exchange, spirited debate, if you will, this is the Football Misfits episode 156 where we talk that talk, and sometimes it makes sense, and
2: sometimes it does not. Um, yeah, all a formal introduction for this episode went out the window. When Spencer when Spencer wanted to, you know, have this discussion. I don't even know what prompted this to be honest with you. Yeah. But um I kinda wanna I kinda wanna just carry this episode forward and
1: just let's let's just find something we disagree on. <laughs> let's talk about it. Jude Bellingham, not that good. No? Huh? Anybody want to talk about it? <laughs> No, no. Okay, never mind. He's <laughs> <laughs> ah.
2: just a poacher.
1: Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Nah, um, P t- testosterone. Testosterone. <laughs> there's another thing it's neither here nor there Um no but um
2: that, that, that was a very good conversation a conversation that again we all agree to disagree but we, we have the form in which we can do that absolutely now let's talk about Santiago Jimenez and how he cooked Lazio the other day
1: ooh I know you've been waiting Ronnie you've been stewing because oof uh, that was one of the games I caught in the Champions League which we like to also call the big boys competition this past week Uh Feyenoord putting hands, feet, elbows, ashy elbows uh on Lazio, no respect uh for them and Santi Jimenez was a key player in that in those, those 90 minutes getting a brace off. Um I have I haven't seen Lazio a team who we've saw last season and even parts of this season, you know, taking it to big Serie A teams and and you know, the famous one against Napoli later on last season which obviously didn't end up meaning anything except for Lazio finishing in second, but the way final just kind of disassemble them it was it was kind of sad to watch to be fair <laughs> they were playing people's street out there it was crazy it was Jimenez's
2: Champions League debut on top of that
1: and you mentioned uh last time you were on the pod Ronnie that Feyenoord would be able to have an opportunity to advance out of the group stage uh if Santi Jimenez could be a part of that which he wasn't for the first two uh first two matches as you mentioned or first three matches if you meant no
2: first two matches sorry as you mentioned Exactly. Like, maybe because it's the Eredivisie and people aren't really paying attention. Because, sure shit, the Mexican FA doesn't because they always bench them whenever they have international matches. But this guy is so talented. Man came from Cruz Azul in Mexico to 500 in a market where, like, the Mexican player is not really all that successful in Europe because the Mexican market wants to, you know, keep them for themselves but bruh let them prosper and that is exactly what he's doing at Feyenoord like his goal output in all competitions is just phenomenal he's not slowing down at all two goals in his Champions League debut at home they they are gonna make it through because of him and they do have other great pieces around it. but he's pretty much carrying Feyenoord at least their goal output And it sucks for Lazio because they do have my guy Castellanos, but still, he menaced. He at some point, be it this season or be it next season, maybe he'll become some team's panic buy. We don't know.
1: Yeah, Uh, hopefully Spurs. We'll take you. We'll take you. I'm panicking.
2: You hear me? I I actually that that was a rumor over the summer. Uh, He menaces Spurs. And I think I would love that.
1: Yeah, I think I think they're actually those those rumors are starting to rekindle as the January window approaches. Spurs. Uh, in need of a number nine if Richarlison is playing there. Obviously, began Ange having uh, Sonny playing at the nine, which has been, I think, done wonders for, for his form, neither here nor there. But, yeah, nonetheless, Santi Jimenez is absolutely balling. What a debut for him. And if you look at, you know, experienced uh, season strikers on the other side, uh, for example, um, Chiro Moble, nothing on the day, nothing at all on the day, gets subbed off for Tati Castellano, New York City FC's finest. And the poor guy, maybe the moment was too big for him where he just wasn't ready. Maybe he just had an off day, but the amount of chances that brother missed, um, you know, from the from 10 yards in uh, was, was sad, especially when you'd see Fainu just just send it out on the other side on a counter and look like they could score at will. Rough outing for the strikers of Lazio and Lazio as a whole.
2: But uh, we met in Immobile, and gone are the days when he won the Cup of like yeah. he's not scoring like that. He is not who we thought he might have been. But hey man, what what does that put Feyenoord in their Champions League group? That puts them top of the table.
1: Yeah, top of the table ahead of Atleti, Atletico Madrid, uh going into their following match, which I believe should be uh against Lazio again, this time uh at at away from home. Um and that should be interesting. Should be an interesting result. Speaking of interesting results,
2: can I right, can I can I address this group one more time, please? Celtic. That was our team's opposition, and they drew two two in Glasgow. Uh, the only thing I really have to say is that I have a deep-rooting interest in Celtic, hey. in the form of um. Luis- Brandon Rogers? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No, 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 no. Le- 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> in the form of twenty-three-year-old Luis Palma, you know, you you know me. When it comes to someone from the motherland, I ride for the motherland. Back. And Luis Palma became the third Honduran to score in the Champions League ever. Boom! Oh, Pow. So his goal in the twenty-eighth minute against Atleti, even though Atleti came back later on in the match, hey man, it, it had a whole country, you know, shedding tears of joy and dance a little bit of punta and the goal in the in the, in the corner as a celebration. Hey, man, those are good feels. I, I don't think Celtic will make it out the group, though, but, you know, that's my rooting interest. But, hey, man, it, it always warms the heart when someone from the motherland scores. No, I'm I don't know what direction we're going with this next, but um, I did catch a little bit of PSG and AC Milan, i.e. from the backstreets, and I really thought AC Milan were going to go into this you know, swinging, but, hey, man, PSG, they just gave it to him. Quite good goal scorers as well, Mbappe, Colomani, and Lee Kang-In.
1: That was the uh, PSG that we've been expecting for God knows how long. Um, and AC Milan, who have not been have not been the best to start the season, or in Champions League for that matter, uh, had to deal with that. And, yeah, like you mentioned, some top guys scoring. Lee Kang-In, they're, they're a pickup from Mallorca, I believe, He's a baller. I don't know where AC Milan uh, sees himself in Europe this season, but it's definitely not in the round of 16, in my opinion. It could happen, but the way this group is panning out um, with a high-flying Newcastle sitting in third. uh, Yeah, this group
2: has so much parity because that high-flying Newcastle lost to Dortmund.
1: Yep, exactly. So I I feel like AC Milan has been on the... I think they're, what, a loss and then two draws. AC Milan's last three will be... uh, important for them and we'll see how they fare but at this moment not showing any signs of inspiration if you will i think they haven't scored a goal yet in this competition which is never a good look um and yeah i mean like you said with this group parody they've got even competition or even or better competition uh it's literally
2: the group of death yeah yeah because ac milan they could turn they could turn the switch and they'll end up first some way somehow by match day five
1: they better. So, <laughs> they better.
2: It's up in the air. This group. I still think BVB will make it out. Who they make it out with is up to is up is up in the air.
1: Where do you want to go? I wanted to touch on the ass backwards match that was Man United versus uh, Copenhagen at Old Trafford. This match is funny for a few reasons. Uh, well, one, I guess, you start off with, uh, I think this was United's first match since the passing of uh, United and England legend Bobby uh, Charlton.
2: First home match, I think.
1: Yeah. I won't say they showed out. Copenhagen definitely was taking it to them. It was a a hotly contested match on both sides. But the heroes on the day started out with Harry Maguire late in the second half. Big old headed goal, as he does, uh, to put United in front. And Copenhagen, with a penalty shout late on, uh, I think, in injury time. Who else makes the stop but... Big old Andre Onana um, saves the penalty uh, and further becomes the hero. Two guys on United who have been getting cooked. Harry Maguire, obviously, for many more years. But Onana not having it pretty easy to start his season as well. Uh, but a big save from him to keep United in front and to get three points. Uh, three points that you, that United really needed, um, especially just considering how they've been playing. In this competition, they haven't been the, they haven't been the worst, uh, even with the teams that they've gone against. Obviously, Bayern Munich, their first one, and the second one being right which I guess you could argue, but they need But they also this, haven't been the best. They have not been the best at all. But um, I think this these three points might put them exactly where they deserve to be, third place at the moment, with one win out of, from two. Um, but. I mean, who knows? Maybe that'll turn the tides for them. But uh, you never know with these guys.
2: You never know. Bayern are, of course, going to win in Turkey. So what other match could we go to? Arsenal beating Sevilla. I mean, Sevilla has been in a bit of a downward trajectory.
1: Yeah, I think that match, the the scoreline definitely made it seem like it was closer than it was. Arsenal seemed to be in control for the entire 90. Martinelli scoring just before the first half whistle. Literally sk- like, skipped down the pitch. Uh, with Sabia, catching Sevilla's high line slipping, and then he just li- literally kind of just jogged past the keeper and slotted it home. And then
2: a team that also hasn't had a goal yet, but they also don't have any points. Benfica they lost to Real Sociedad, and I'm not sure what's going on in Portugal. Benfica, I'm thinking they would, they would make a you know a big run of it, and Salzburg would be the odd man out, but it's not it.
1: Yeah, and about despite it. them
2: leading the Portuguese league too.
1: Yeah, I guess it just shows the energy you have to put in the Champions League and also how unfortunate you can be playing these midweek games. Um, and you know, form sometimes goes out the window, but it, this is another group sort of with some parity there. Uh, Salzburg with a win in the group, obviously, they're sitting in third, four points back. Intern, Sociedad, both up top, Sociedad balling, but Benfica, yeah. Oof.
2: Any other matches of no? Because I feel like this week was a bit of a meh week in champions league yeah it
1: was pretty it's pretty much keep it pushing week city gets the win over young boys saw that coming uh that
2: both, on berlin lost
1: yeah yep um to napoli a soft i think a one what, one they win or open the beats on antrop yeah nothing to see here i think we keep it pushing and get excited for the reverse fixtures that'll come and then the second half of the group stage which uh should show us a lot i guess things will shape out a lot more uh, as the Champions League group stage continues on. Shall we move on to the Europa League?
2: Yes, we shall. And I'll ask you a quick question. Who is your, at this moment in time, favorite to win that? Uh,
1: in the competition, I feel like you have to say Liverpool. Uh, their group doesn't necessarily give them the most competition, to be fair. But they look completely in control. You talk about depth when it comes to European competition. Uh, Liverpool have been chopping and changing their sides. Uh, for weekend matches in the Prem, and then midweek games in the Europa League, and they haven't really like lost a step at all. So I feel like you have to say Liverpool, in my opinion. So I'm gonna go the Reds.
2: Will you give a shout to Leverkusen?
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe just slightly behind high flying Leverkusen. Obviously, we're seeing what they're doing in the Bundesliga as well. Chabi Alonso. How long will he stay there? We shall see. Yeah, they they look they look talented. They look exciting. We'll see how they're. Uh, league season pans out, and how much depth they've got? Because again, this is a competition of depth, and any competition in Europe is. But uh, they, both like...
2: beat their oppo- they both beat their opposition five-one on Thursday. Leverkusen washed Karabakh, and Liverpool beat Toulouse.
1: Destroyed. Yeah, they're absolutely high-flying. You could argue some of the probably the two the two better sides uh, in this competition as, as it stands. I don't. I'd I'd love to see them meet in the final. That'd be sick.
2: Actually, would be that. That is a match I would actually pay to see. Leverkusen and and Liverpool in Dublin. I'm down for that.
1: Any other sides that you give a shout to as potential dark horses?
2: I mean, Roma will always be up there for consideration. Breiberg is pretty good in their Europa League group. Brighton, they're sitting third in their Europa League group, but they could easily squeak into one of those playoffs places to keep their spot in the Europa League
1: yeah
2: but I think the two heavy hitters in this competition are Liverpool and Leverkusen
1: yeah
2: like I think at this moment in time right now and this doesn't even factor in who from Champions League will drop in right now it's Leverkusen and Liverpool yeah. I think they're the class of the Europa League right now
1: yeah. and, and like-
2: Our teams in absolute wasteland yeah. um uh, Ajax
1: Oof. Oh, they're looking. Oh my goodness gracious.
2: this season has been a whole travesty. They're <laughs> sitting bottom in both the Air Divisi and the Europa League.
1: Yeah, I think what they've got one win the entire season from 10. That's
2: crazy. And bro, you, you have to think about uh we might do a like a little mini deep dive here, but like all the departures that have recently have come from uh out of Ajax. And you you're talking about names like Sebastian Ayer and uh Mohammed Kudos and Yuri and Timber and um
1: Eric Ten Hag. That, what you've yeah,
2: seen. And Ten Hag especially yeah. like I feel like once he left, that ship has been sinking.
1: Yeah, That that does make me think, and I'm just kind of uh jumping out the window here with this one. But if I'm Man United and I see Ajax doing as bad as they're doing, and we've got their former manager who held them together, if you will, and not only did that, but just had them playing the excellent uh, caliber of football that you expect from Ajax, even with numerous departures year in, year out. Does, does that cool his potential hot seat even just a little bit?
2: So what you just did, what you just explained is called logic. And <laughs> that is something that Manchester United recently haven't had. So... While I agree with you, I don't know if they agree with you because they see they lost to Galatasaray a couple weeks ago and they see that they lost to Manchester City today. They're like, no, get them out of here. Again, you used logic. And it it makes so much sense because when Ten Hag left, yeah, they would probably still be up a bit, like in the immediate aftermath. But this is what, a year and a half removes from 10 hug yeah. and you've lost almost everybody who made that club your backbone. I'm not even done naming names. Mazraoui is one. Alvarez is one. Lisandro Martinez is another. Tagovico is a bit older, but still, he, he held it down in defense. But still, he, he, they should be looking at it like, yeah, we still have a good guy. Like, But again, logic, they don't have it. Uh, apparently they don't have it. But you're right. <laughs> Absolutely right.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, seeing them this bad. I mean, last season they were—it was rough for them. Which I mean, from uh, a neutral standpoint, opened up the Air Division, and it was interesting to see other teams kind of take that spot. We talked about finder and how good they've been, um, but to see them bottom of the table, only with five points this season, nothing to show for it. You wonder how bad, how much worse it could get. They can't get relegated, can they? Oh, I don't want to. Might be too early to say the name, say that name or that
2: word. I'm sorry, but uh, hey, anything's possible. PSV oh. is in top spot in the Eredivisie, followed by Alkmaar, Twente, who usually would be where Ajax is at, and are in fourth behind them are the Go Ahead Eagles, also where Ajax would be right now. But this opens up the Eredivisie to more parity, which is good. Yeah, I, It just sucks for Ajax that they are this poor.
1: Yeah. Even um, though, looking at it, um, looking at, it t- at the table, they've got two games in hand, it seems. But even with that, uh, at the moment, they're 15. Oh, I'm sorry. They're 18 points off of the top four. 18? Jeez.
2: Yeah, we're at the point now where, like, we, we have a good chunk of the season in. And you're, let's call it what it is. They're yeah. shit. Only one win this season. <laughs> in the Eredivisie. And they got smoked by Fire Nerd, AKA Santi Jimenez's hat trick. So I think they only won their first game of the year and that was it. Start off hot. And downfall quick, but as the season goes along, we will have a deeper case study on Ajax. (laughs) Like what in the hell is going on out there? But again, uh, at this moment in time, they're not, their European journey will probably come to an end here in the Europa League, Brighton got a convincing two 0 win. Ansu Fati scored, João Pedro as well, and the return leg in Amsterdam, it might be uh, another clapping session. So, and I know the fans, the ultras at Ajax are definitely not happy. Hey man, Dutch ultras nothing else.
1: Oof, duh. and that's why you would it might be scary to think about what their end of season might look like. Uh, they might pull a. Was that Lyon who was yelling at their uh players, the fans? That was you might see that and maybe some thrown objects.
2: Even uh no, I think it was saint Etienne. Yeah, it was saint Etienne because they chased them uh they went to the owner's box, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: they did. <laughs>
2: it, it could either be like that or it could be like Hamburg when they got relegated from the Bundesliga, like they threw bombs and stuff.
1: Yep, I remember Louis Hopi was on that team, I believe. Shot to Louis Hopi.
2: Real Betis also won. Marseille also won. Rangers drew to Sparta Prague. West Ham lost to Olympiacos. That's pretty much the Europa League.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. Again, same as the Champions League, three matches played in these in this European competition. And so the last three matches uh, should be interesting uh, and it will probably give us a, a better picture of who shall move on, who'll be in a playoff, and, and who's headed back home.
2: Facts. And I... Uh, one foot in, one foot out. Oof. Of life. <laughs> <Nah>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Bodo glimpse beat Besiktas in the Conference League. Eintracht Frankfurt defeated HJK. And Fiorentina beat some team that I couldn't even tell you what country they're from. Nice. That is the Conference League. Um, I think it'll be an eintracht Fiorentina final. Unless they're in the same group, in which case that would be stupid. Good news, they're not. So... Whoa. Oh, Fenerbahce also won. There are nine points in their group as well. Um, over to what do I know?
1: Yeah, uh, dom- domestic time. Uh, some interesting matches uh, this past weekend. Uh, we had some some derby football uh, in some parts of the of Europe. We call that an El Clasico. Shall we begin there?
2: Yes. Are you smarter than a fifth grader against Real Madrid? <laughs> no. I thought they would be able to supplant Madrid. Maybe Bellingham gets a goal, but I thought they'd be able to supplant Madrid. But it it's that Jude Bellingham, man. Like <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: there go that man again.
1: Yeah, what mama, there go that man. What else what more else is there to say about him in this beginning of season run? Uh, he just put the, the match on his back. That that first goal was unreal. <laughs> unreal. Uh, I don't know how he got so much power. Basically, turning around, it looked like a Robin Van Persie or or, or a James, James Rodriguez-type goal. But Again, his debut clásico, by the way. It, yeah, debut. Uh, to put the team on your back in that way, when they looked kind of done and not done in yeah. dust. Barcelona looked like they kind of had a game plan with uh, the underage uh, child labor laws that they were uh, ignoring. And it just felt like that Barcelona were going to grind it out. They got their goal, and it looked like Madrid weren't going to be able to find any alternatives. And – uh, it, it gave me feelings of, you know, early 2010s Tottenham with Gareth Bale, where they're just like, hey, we've been beating the ball around for 85 minutes. Can you do something? And Gareth Bale was like, sure, I'll go 40 yards out, top top ends. <laughs> um, and it was more of the same <laughs> with in his debut, as you mentioned. But uh, I do want to give a shout to uh, Eduardo Camavinga, who came on in the second half. And I think his impact uh, has gone unnoticed, especially in this, in the, uh, in this El Clasico. Because yeah, he came on and, and was an instant impact and, and really kind of changed the pace of the game and allowed you to do the magic that he does. So big ups to Kamavinga.
2: Your guys' thoughts in this match? Again, it's Bellingham just stealing the, stealing the headlines and stuff. That's a good shot for Kamavinga. I think Gavi played himself a sensational match. It just sucks that it came in losing effort. But at the end of the day, I think the way I feel about Santi Jimenez is pretty much on a much smaller scale, of course, it's the impact he's having for Feyenoord is what Jude Bellingham is having for Real Madrid. We thought he would probably, you know, take some time to get adjusted to the life in Spain, but this man has just been on one, week in, week out, on top of that and it doesn't look like he's going to miss a step at all. He's I think the best player in La Liga right now and I think that's a fair assessment.
1: Yeah, and you can make a case best player in the world at this moment and not only looking at numbers or anything like that but just the impact that he's having on in every level of the of competition domestically, uh you know, in Europe and in big occasions such as El Clasico and <laughs> start to think that maybe uh, BBB lowballed themselves with that 100 million plus figure. <laughs> but neither here nor there. Uh, he seems to be the man. And honestly, long may it continue. It's impressive to see a young man like this continue to ball and just over overachieve, if you want to call it that. Even, or, um, unless that might be his level, who knows? But we'll see how long this ride continues on. And at the moment, yeah, Madrid uh, reigns supreme in La Liga over Barcelona. Again, with youngsters such as Yamin Lamal who's 16, brother. Oh, my gosh. 16. I'm not even going to try the other guy who scored uh, the winner last week in his debut. Mark, you know what? I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, man. This isn't our childhood Barcelona in terms of, like, the youth of this team. But
1: Yeah. La matia, if you will. Uh, but one last question on a Clasico. Did this match, you guys watching it, did it give you shades of, um, you know, that El Clasico sort of... Uh, hype and energy that we expect?
2: I would think so, because it's fair to say that once Messi and Ronaldo left their clubs, left those clubs, um, this, this, the rivalry died down a bit, even though you had, you know, a lot of interesting pieces on either side, like the young Pedri and Gavi on Barcelona, um, and Benzema on Real Madrid. But like people really weren't like, I saw classical was wasn't the same old Clásico. It never will be, but I definitely saw the hype being there. And for the match that we saw, more so. This is definitely a new era of the rivalry. And with every rivalry, with every classical, you turn a new page and, like, it's a new chapter. Now it's Jude Bellingham's chapter. And now we're, like, who's going to be that one guy for Barcelona that just, like, takes away the headlines? Maybe that'll be Gavi
1: in a couple of years. But... <laughs> Maybe you'll <laughs> I meet mean them all in 15 years when he's 23.
2: <laughs> 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 you no, know, not even then. But it was a refreshing. Like I, I felt like El Clasico was really back, but El Clasico will always be heated. But um but yes, uh to answer your question. Yeah. And um shouts to Girona, who are still sitting in second in They're my league.
1: In They're hanging in there. And I think I made the joke uh a few weeks back. I wonder how long we're going to be saying that. Well, we're saying it now, so we, we'll, we'll see. more. top
2: four, I don't care. Girona top four. Boom, pow. What did I let do this weekend? Uh, they defeated Deportivo Alade. Puts
1: them in third place. Uh, Barcelona with that loss, of course, in the Clasico. Drops them down to fourth. Uh, four points off league leaders, Jude, the Jude Bellingham club.
2: Eso mismo. Um, I did see a little bit of Cadiz Sevilla 2-2. Very interesting match that was. Sevilla and Cádiz fighting for 13th place. And the two best clubs are fifth and sixth. That's another thing to look out for in La Liga. Again, El Clasico pretty much took the headlines in for Saturday um in world footy, let alone in Spain. Sunday was all Manchester Derby, but let's be honest, it was all Manchester City.
1: Yeah, oh well said, well said. Uh that was giving Peter Drury.
2: Um <laughs> I was never that.
1: Like, um... I could- <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, no, we're not going to let you shortchange yourself on this podcast. Um, neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, that that was an interesting one from what I saw, at least. In the first half, it looked like United had a game plan and it was working and they were nullifying Holland, and they were getting scrappy. A few big tackles. Sofia Navarro is a hothead, yo. He gets into it. And sometimes that's what you need uh, in a derby match where you're playing uh quote-unquote rival and you know the, the matches can be a lot closer than they are and emotions can run high, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, got into Phil Foden's face a few times, uh, Mean a couple mean tackles from Johnny Evans on drag, Jack Grealish, um, and City go ahead 1-0 courtesy of a penalty that looked, in my opinion, uh, very, very questionable. And I think, as we've seen many a time with United, they allowed themselves to go down, and then they kind of unravel. and you can't really unravel against a Man City team because They'll put goals on you in a hurry, and that's exactly what they did in the second half. Three nil finish. Ew,
2: <laughs> I stumbled across the great Sebastian North's most recent. Was it a fast film or just a regular video? Either way, uh, Harry Maguire being Harry Maguire, there's this point where he gets away with almost a handball and he like rugby tackles Erling Holland. Shouts to South Africa, by the way, who won the world cup over New Zealand, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. And all I see in his comments are people hating on him.
0: Mm.
2: How did you rate McGuire uh, today?
1: Um, I will say that him and him and Johnny Evans partnership isn't as bad as I thought it would be, despite uh, United's results. I think he's been really, honestly, he's been really good over the last couple of weeks. And I think in the first half of this match, he was pretty good. He he was taking care of business, and uh, he, you know, again, scrap very scrappy uh, rival match as derbies are. But in the second half, complete unraveling. uh, But I will say it wasn't solely his fault, if you will. The entire United squad in the second half kind of put their hands up and let City get, get to business. But I've been liking what I've been seeing from Harry Maguire as of late. Hey, man, I
2: think he had to step up given their injuries in the back. This is the Maguire that Manchester United paid for. And if we're having that conversation we had 30 minutes ago, that's a panic buy using your logic.
1: Oof, yeah, and, and then again, as you mentioned, logic—something that Man United, not sure if they possess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <So> <laughs> but in, in fairness, now he's doing okay. I but finally
1: catching in six, six, six years later. <laughs> has it been six years? I don't know. It's been a long time.
2: It's been a long time. But six years, Jesus Christ! I'm getting old. So someone told me what's a rolodex. I, I'm not that old.
1: Damn. Yeah, no, we're not that old. We're not that old. Are we that old? We are that old. I don't know. Uh, He's been at United since 2019. Okay, so not six years. Four years? Five years? Four years? My math ain't mathing. Five years. Jesus Christ.
2: I will say, if we're going to jump from the uh, Manchester Derby to more Premier League action, Brentford continues to have Chelsea's number at Stamford Bridge.
1: Especially at Stamford Bridge. Oh, man. One thing you can't do is let Brentford play Chelsea at Stanford Bridge when Chelsea are trying to pick up some momentum, uh, especially in this season where they haven't had any. Um, and Thomas Frank got the best of Pochettino, got the
2: better of Chelsea yet again. <laughs> Chelsea are just rubbish. They're top of bottom of the table. Top of the bottom half, rather, of the table. 11th place, 12 points, tied with Wolves. Brentford leapfrogged them, 13th play, uh, 13 points. 10th place. I don't know, man. It's an, You really see them just throwing money at the problem and thinking that's going to resolve everything, but it's not. So seeing them get washed three years in the spin at Sanford Bridge by Brentford, no surprises. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. I think that
1: they need time. We'll see if Todd Bowley is willing to give time uh, with all the money he spent, maybe not. Um, we talk about panic. That's the Blues. That's the Blues this season. And it's so weird to see because when they play – when you, you can tell that they've got a quality, uh, they've got quality football in them. You watch that first seventy or so minutes against Arsenal, and they looked really good. Their players were on it, and Conor Gallagher was on it, and so Fernandez was on it, even Mahalo Mundrik was on it. Raheem Sterling was balling, but they just can't get have a they just can't do this for more than you know sixty or so minutes, and let alone you know over the course of more than one match. Uh, so not sure where that's going to leave them come seasons end or January for that matter. Um, and, you know, I'd love to get a manager fired or love to call for a manager's uh, firing, if you will. But, I mean, I just don't know where to put this right now. It's a complete dumpster fire at Chelsea uh, when it doesn't have to be, I guess. It's just, it's weird to see. They don't, they shouldn't suck, but they really suck.
2: Uh, their London rivals and their net opponents next weekend who have been high flying. They currently sit one in the Premier League table, Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Oh, man, uh, the Spurs with the uh, the rare uh, Monday fixture, then a Friday fixture, and then 10 days later, another Monday fixture for them. No weekend games if you're a Spurs fan uh, these past weeks. But have no fear, their first foray into matches, I guess, uh, in quick succession, and Ange Postacoglu's men are handling business yet again, this time against Crystal Palace. Comfortable, what it felt like, 2-1 win until the last – four or so minutes of injury time where Jordan Ayu uh, heard what I said about him on the podcast last week and said, let me put some stress in your in your life. And uh, he would get a goal, which in my opinion was a handball that he cheekily, ooh, he he covered it in a way that even VAR couldn't tell. But with VAR, who knows? Um, but yeah, 2-1 win for for, for Pasta Cabo's men. And I think the biggest question for them is depth. Their team, in my opinion, paper thin. But uh, even with that being said, chopping and changing some pieces over the week, resting Destiny Udogi, who has been playing all season. Last week, uh, Nobis Suma, um, and still getting the win in the process. And another big boost for Spurs' men, this one, Ronnie, you might enjoy, Rodrigo benton Corr. Yes! His, uh, reappearance, uh, getting subbed on late on, just to get some game time under his belt. But he's back. He's back. Makes me happy.
2: Yes. He's coming back from injury. He won't be 100% off the spin right away. We get that. Come later on in the season, I think he will be. Yeah. So, again, Spurs are just doing everything right, and they're doing so with Ange Postakoglu. Again, the Football Misfits' second favorite Greek-Australian. I don't want to be the one to jinx anything. I don't want to, you know, put that negative juju. I just love this free form of footy.
1: Same. I mean, and I came into the season talking about no expectation, just want to enjoy the footy, and we got that from match week one, and it's been carrying on. Kind of living the dream right now, top of the table. I mean, as of Monday, uh, last Monday, Spurs were five points clear. uh, Now sitting uh, very uncomfortable, two points clear of their North London counterparts. Arsenal and City as well tied. But, I mean, I'm just here until the wheels fall off. We'll see what happens. You imagine they're going to hit some speed bumps, namely a Man city size speed bump uh, sometime down the road. But until they do, um, just here for it. I'm not gonna go out the jump out the window and say Spurs are winning the league yet. I'm not doing that. Um, we just want to
2: be in that number.
1: It sure does, and and that's where we are currently, courtesy of Big Belly Ange Pasta Coglu. Uh, <laughs> big Belly, big brains, man. Big Belly, big brains.
2: It, it, it's the charisma of it all. Like Mourinho had his own charisma, but it's like, like you could say it's an act. I don't think so, but it, that's just who he is. Exactly. Conte didn't really have much charisma. Pochettino, sure you could say that he had, but not as much as Posted Coglu. Like Poster he's like after the win against Fulham, he said he wanted to turn the Spurs him into like a club
1: nightclub. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm like, who says that?
1: Yeah, he, he's special. And- quick
2: quick question before we move from the Premier League: the three teams that were promoted—Luton Town, Burnley, and Sheffield United—are all sitting bottom. Do they all go back down?
1: Yeah, I had this conversation, I believe, sometime this weekend on Luton Town. I don't know if they might have what it takes, especially in the way that they play quality-wise and maybe tactics-wise to stay up. Sheffield look dead in the water, to be fair with you. They, uh, I believe, have a point uh, after 10 games, which is not good uh, at all after 10 matches. And then Burnley is the one that's interesting because they play guns a-blazing, I uh, on the front foot football they looked very threatening to many teams that they played even big teams that they played but i think the problem is they only it seems now after after 10 matches that they really only have one speed and that's go mode at all times and uh in the premier league i think you need a little bit more than that vincent company's got to find a plan b you got to park the bus sometimes and not even park it you know just you know just drive slow home that's it just drive slow and uh for that reason they're fun to watch but I think that high flying, high attacking football is gonna send them right back down, sad to say. So to answer your question, yeah, no, I don't think any of them can cut it uh at this moment.
2: Over to the Bundesliga.
1: Harry Kane from Hatfield? Bruh. He's done that more times in his career than i like like than I feel like most players should, you know? Like he just he's done that. I think if I count now, I think he's done that at least three times in my in my lifetime, people.
2: It's Dramstadt. It is Dramstadt. <laughs> you can score from anywhere against Dramstadt. With all due respect to them.
1: Yep. It's and, like <laughs> and you're not lying because everyone and their mama scored uh, on the day for Bayern Munich and then in that 8-0 ass whipping with, with a red card, mind you, after four minutes, Joshua Kimmich. Um, and the funny thing is I think all of the goals came in the second half.
2: <laughs> That's another thing, like, bro. That's insane. Can he do that next weekend against Dortmund in their classic half? We shall see. This. Speaking of Dortmund, their match against Frankfurt was would... – so, Marmush scored two goals early on, and I'm thinking it was going to be Frankfurt's match for the taking. And then uh, when I texted you that, I forgot. I didn't even realize that. Uh, it, it dawned on me that uh, Sabitzer is on BVB. He scored in added time in the first half. I'm like, oh, shit, he, he is at Dortmund now. I know I haven't been this disconnected with the sport, but here I am. The second half starts, and and you get a goal from uh, Yusufa Mokoku who actually came on as a as a halftime switch i want to say he came on for Gio Reyna. frankfurt take a 3-1 uh 3-2 lead rather and then uh julian brunt equalized it near the death i'm thinking maybe bbb could get another one to fulfill the prediction prophecy but they could not either way it was high flying entertaining in the middle of a downpour and in frankfurt but those are the type of matches i like to see that should have been a friday match to be honest Hey, the running games. The running games do hit, but um, this match was high flying in the Bundesliga, and um, three three result that puts BVB in fourth. Still, Bayern are still in second behind the high flying Bayer Leverkusen, who beat Frankfurt. I mean, who beat uh Freiburg today?
1: Um, wow. And yeah, uh, Stuttgart dropping off that second-place spot after a loss to Hoffenheim. The rare time was Serhu Gurasi doesn't score uh, on the weekend. You don't see it often, apparently, uh, this season. Now, for Hoffenheim, uh, our guy, Woot Weghorst, would get a goal courtesy of the penalty spot. 3-2. Shout out to Hoffenheim.
2: Hoffenheim against Stuttgart. Speaking of players who I forget where they play, after uh, Weghorst left Wolfsburg, unlike I don't even know what, what, what this man is because he had a stint at Besiktas. Bruh. Bruh. Uh, but their matchup this week against Dortmund in the poll call should be fun. And we hope that Leverkusen will be the team to end Bayern's just stranglehold on the Bundesliga. That
1: goes. I would love that.
2: Jesus Christ. Dortmund can never, apparently.
1: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> Disappointing Marco Royce. Yeah. Um... What so, we we can't get into Serie A. Ah, Inter yeah. beat Roma. That was an impeccable draw between Napoli and AC Milan. And then what did Juventus do? They beat Elas Verona. A little
1: light 1-0. Napoli light Milan one is nil,
2: Second place in the table. Not bad. Not bad.
1: Something light. Yeah, I think Napoli-AC Milan was probably the, the match. One of the matches of the weekend. That was a thriller. Napoli with a red card. Uh, Giacomo Raspadori getting on the score sheet, um, I think. The second consecutive match for Napoli, he scored in Europe, I believe, as well. But that was that was a bit of a thriller uh, at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, who I saw somebody wearing going as him for
2: Halloween. <laughs> really cool. Mm, it, it's football Halloween. It is.
1: It is. It is. I wonder it, what people
2: are going to wear, and hopefully they um they don't wear blackface <laughs> Anton Tom Griezmann
1: and Tom Griezmann Harlem going try to face ass I did also see uh a Valderrama. What was a Valderrama? They had the Afro and everything, the Columbia shirt. It should have been a gold. Ah, uh,
2: Valderrama. That that I'm sure that looked dope. Fire! If they pulled it off.
1: They pulled it off. I I gotta say it it was it was a sight to see. We enjoyed it, but yeah, uh, football Halloween. You know, you know, Napoli are doing it up as they always do with their with their Halloween uh, themed kits and whatnot.
2: Yeah, that's cute and all, but not cute enough to win the league this year. Oof. <laughs> Focus on this
1: league. <laughs> that's great.
2: And focus on looking for a uh, "quote unquote" panic buy once Victor Osiman walks out the door.
1: Oh, because you know that's coming.
2: That uh, is imminent.
1: Real Madrid, Victor Osiman, maybe I don't know there. Or
2: MLS, he he says something about MLS.
1: Brother, <laughs> I, I mean, I would love to see that personally. I think that'd be really nice to have a player of that quality at the in the MLS, but I'm, I I don't know. You know what? Let me not put negativity in there. Yeah, Yeah, I'd love to see that happen.
2: He said, if I I had the same conditions, I would go to MLS brackets over the Saudi Pro League. And He said that via Twitch. Salenitana, do they pull off another great escape this year?
1: Yes, I'm riding with them until they don't, so yes.
2: (laughs) Salenitana for the win, sitting in the 20th out of 20. Oof,
1: nasty. Yeah, let, let me look at where they're uh how many points they've got before. Yeah, they can still make it happen. Oh, the naise. Oh no, what are you guys doing down there? That's not it's right. Oh wow. No, actually, it's not
2: right. That
1: is not right at all.
2: But gone are the days of Rodrigo Ben Gone are
1: the days of no, not
2: Benicur, um, Rodrigo de Paul.
1: There you go. And gone are the days of Antonio Di Natale. Whew. Alexis Sanchez as well.
2: Oh no, we're really throwing it
1: back. Yeah. <laughs> They had some guys, but we'll, we'll see how they do. Obviously, still early days, as Spencer likes to say. We're getting into the weeds of things. They are in uh seventh, 18th place in Serie A with four consecutive draws. Goodness gracious, guys, let's figure it out here. But yeah, ten- yeah. so Selenitana, so, so I believe in you guys. Early days, they're not out of the wood, they're not, yeah. uh, they're not too far away from uh the safety zone. Uh, we'll see how that changes over the course of the couple next couple of months.
2: Yeah, man. With that having been said, we got through a lot. Do we go to that time?
1: Oh, yes, we do. Let's go ahead and drop that uh, Ronald Coleman. Nobody is doing like what some journalists do when they write
0: bullshit.
2: Wow, you are afraid to say it, but it's all bullshit stories. What is it?
0: Most of the time, it's it's bullshit.
2: (laughs) 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 B.S. of the week, time making his return, sponsored by absolutely nobody. Um, we are for sale, guys. <laughs> we are for sale. Hey, man, uh, we're we're doing our hunting for damn sure. Yeah, uh, do I have the this There was one that
1: you guys put in the group chat that looked very uh, gruesome.
2: Oh, was it the um Marseille uh, versus? I think it was Marseille Leon, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. The, the coach, the training coach, who got, you got. He get beat up. He got stuff thrown.
2: Yes, it was Marseille versus Leon. They threw stones at him? Oh, my God. Uh, not at him. I think they threw it at the, at the Leon team bus. And Fabio Grosso got the front of it. Like, he looked like he was... He looked like he was... Like, went through hell and back.
1: It looks like he fought Francis Ngannou this weekend.
2: Bro. <laughs> <laughs> if this was the boxing misfits, there'd be a lot to talk about with that. Oh, yeah.
1: There's so much. Rick! Nah, no, all
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> but this is nothing new in france sadly yeah it's not but it's they're not. always attacking buses they're always throwing shit they're always like adding like throwing unnecessary flares that are hitting players in the back of the head like ask dimitri payet <laughs> literally ask dimitri payet because he's on the receiving end of this shit from opposing fans all the time
1: 99 percent of the time that's a fact we,
2: we, we spoke about cn like an hour ago
1: yeah
2: that's how they, they went into the owner's box after they got relegated like yeah. it's just not a surprise anymore and it's just un- it's just unfortunate that this keeps on happening but yeah By nothing way, is nothing is changing my thing is stones like is this
1: what kind of medieval shit is that stones guys come on what are we doing here what happened to the good old plastic bottle you know littering I mean, that, that's
2: fine, I guess. But like this, bruh.
1: it's crazy, ridiculous. I think that that's definitely BS of the week worthy. Of course, um, I think that's, that's really all I got. I I, I jacked the one from the chat. Thank you, Spencer. Yeah, Ronnie, what's uh, what's on your plate for BS of the week
2: this week? I think that was on my plate. Oh shit! Sure. I I yeah, yeah, BS yeah. of the week, the uh, the MLS playoff structure. Because of course I can. Because <laughs> of course I can. It's great. <laughs> but it's also a fact, like, that shit is ass. That's two out of three. Like what are we? That's right Absolutely. BS of the week to I for how trash they are? Maybe, yeah. yeah. But um I think this was my BS of the week. Um any other BSs of the week I have, I would have given like weeks when they happened. Yeah. But yeah. like I've not been on this since for like what, a month, it yeah. feels like.
1: Yeah. Uh I got I guess I got one quick one just to add it. Uh and we'll obviously talk about this more in length uh for. and in depth um in the coming weeks as as uh we hear more and more things unfold but uh this is a bs of the week with an asterisk to the players found uh or banned uh or are being investigated for sports betting uh sandra Ternale, i'm looking at you because the way they are painting you brother oof it's not looking good fan oh yeah uh, we'll, but we'll get into that as 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 things happen they said brother was betting on snooker no i'm just kidding It wasn't doing that <laughs> i didn't read anything like that do uh, you know how much
2: of a degenerate you have to beat bet on snooker
1: <laughs> oh man but yeah we'll, we'll get more into that of course But the light bs of the week there
2: <laughs> real quick they nicola fagioli said that he pretty much gave up his contract to fulfill bets for Tonali, and he asked his teammates for more bread, and he was like, it's for my mom. And no, uh, he used it for betting. And I was paying like, all of them people back with interest.
1: Jesus, that's insanity. Insanity. Now the the Newcastle is making a lot more sense. But obviously, again, re- reading a lot more into it, uh, but we we'll get into that as <laughs> to unfold. <laughs> I did have one that doesn't... Nah, I'll skip that. It's not really that important. But Jordan Ayu, you son of a bitch. Uh, that's all I'll say um and before i cuss out any more gunning players <laughs> ronnie do you want to go ahead and side us out unless spencer has any shout outs or you guys have any shout
2: outs? um any shout outs anybody
0: uh i'm gonna give jude bellingham another shout out uh feels like you guys didn't give him enough credit for how amazing he is yes. so shout out to jude bellingham uh <laughs> first El classical two goals winner and now classical nah, he needs more credit shout out to jude bellingham
1: big penis energy or <laughs> take that as ah. yes um he's gonna bring the nah. <laughs> any any shout outs to your head brother uh
2: the honduran national team just finished bottom of their group in the pan-american games um shouts to them they played for seventh place against the dominican republic on wednesday shouts to luis palma again Scoring in the Champions League against uh the Big stage for big-time Hondurans. Uh, the last Honduran to do that, I'm sure you guys couldn't guess it, uh it was um Andy Nahar. He did it for Anderlecht against Arsenal. So, shouts to him. Only the third player to ever do that. Do you have any shout-outs? i Uh
1: Big ups. I was going to say Wilson Palacios, but Spurs were definitely not getting Champions League football when he was at Spurs. Neither here nor there. Shout-outs from on my end. Yeah, no, uh, shout out to the gang getting back together for this episode. I, I do agree; it hasn't been that long, but it has felt like it's been a while. So when the real RSL gets together, it's always a good time.
2: So shout out to that. Shout out to the good brothers, the real RSLs that you know you want to call real, lost to Houston Dino. You said so. Shout out to that. This has been episode 156 of the Football Misfits podcast. We thank you all for listening, and um, that was quite the start of the pod, by the way. Oh. So- Uh, It was something that I really wanted to talk about for the longest time. I'm glad we got to do it so impromptu. LV, thank you for turning on the record button way before we're ready. Uh, Episode 157 is right around the corner where we will talk maybe about a Ballon d'Or winner being i.e., Leonel Messi again or Erling Haaland and Aitana Bomati. No question. Uh, for the good brothers LV and Spencer I go by the name of Ronnie we will see you then stay strong be brave good night everybody good day wherever you're listening to adios
1: we're having gambling problems dial 1-800 help in what no I'm just kidding, just kidding. Jesus Christ yeah.